Okay, we're on. Um, good to see the Koppelmans. Good to see you in health and well, Gary. You went through a situation that was a little scary there a little bit ago. So you look good. You're recovering well? Okay, good. Good. I've been um, reading one of the books by Brian Simmons on uh, the Song of Solomon that's... Um, set up with short chapters, more like a, a devotional, but a little bigger, more expanded than that. But it's just so, um, it's a great place for me to just uh, read that is just edifying and it, it just always just, it's one of those um, that I'm doing as a discipline. So sometimes we love those things that we're just, you know, motivated to do, but um, I'm doing as, as a discipline. There are certain things that the Lord points out to me, and they're more in this realm of do this because it's good for you. Take this medicine every morning. Do You know, that kind of thing. And um, sometimes we're expecting to do better and get healthier by not doing much of anything, just kind of following the ebb and flow. And, and I would recommend that you take care, and this lends into the message, uh, that you take care to identify what the Lord is asking of you. It's more than command, though. It's, that's maybe not the right way to put it because um, I know my relationship with him is so, it's, it's intimate, it is out, it's a father, you know, and um, it's a father-son relationship. It is a, and he instructs me as a son, he instructs me as a, a disciple, and, and the Holy Spirit highlights things to do, to follow. And when I quiet myself enough to hear, that can be a challenge sometimes. Yeah, can we all just say that? It's hard to get quiet enough to hear, especially in these days of chaos. And, um, but when you do, and you, you, it's very necessary to, for you to do that. Find, quiet yourself enough to hear what the Lord's saying and re-up that. Don't just have the last thing that you heard from the Lord to do was 10 years ago. That's not good. I'm sure it's changed by now, like, you know. But um, more than likely anyways. And so there are things like he'll point out a book that I'm to read and just to read it, not read through it, but to read it carefully, slowly, and read it as a, read this, read this out loud. So I have those kind of things. Um, I'm not always great to follow it, but I identify. I know I know the things I'm to do. And sometimes days when I'm just trying to get my head together and get my whatever on, you know, and uh, a thousand things to do, you do. You know, you're living in quite an amount of stress when everything you go to do, you feel you should be actually doing something else. That's I hate that. I hate that season. I hate that when it comes. When I get into that, I'm like, oh, this, I'm in trouble. This is not a good thing. I'm, I'm not at peace about anything. I can be doing five good things and nothing. It's like, there's, but there's something else I should be doing. So the enemy loves that. Jesus doesn't. He's not the author of that thing. The enemy loves that. That means you're getting so caught up in the flow and the turbulence. Have you ever been in a, in a body, a creek? Hopefully you're never in a river that had that much current. You'd be in trouble. But to be in it where there's, it's high enough that there's strong current, isn't it amazing? It does not take that much of a depth of water that's moving with any speed at all to overpower you. Or the ocean, the waves, all, they're fun to play in. And then all of a sudden, you're in a current that's bigger than you. The ocean's pretty big. So every once in a while, you can reach out and, you know, 
touch, you know. And that's a scary thing. All of a sudden, it's not fun and games. All of a sudden, I can't get back to the beach. All of a sudden, I'm being pulled faster than I can move or fight the current. So life is like that. And the Lord doesn't want us to be in that. He wants us to have our feet planted, even in the midst of those currents, even in the midst of that turmoil. We want the turmoil to go away. It probably won't. But he wants you to get... This is where the term rock of my salvation, you know, the high tower, this is where that language really comes into play because you need to get someplace in him that is so, so secure that you know that you know that you're following your doing. And so this devote, this book that I, I read, and I'll just read it slowly. Sometimes I'm still in the same chapter for several days or a week, and that's a good thing because I'm still gleaning from it and getting receiving. And I came, I came into a chapter that began to talk about this, and um, I tried to move on, came back, and I'm like, this is really significant. And so I came back to it. Song of Solomon, chapter 2. We're going to get to verse 14. I'm going to back up just a bit. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, so it'll be a little challenging for you to follow. Um, in, in verse 13, he's talking about, can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you, the early signs of my purposes and plans and bursting forth? The budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. The fragrance of their flowers whispers. There is a change in the air. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion. Because I spoke out of this verse, um, it was verse 12, uh, a few weeks ago referred to it, where it's in, we're in a new season. A season has come. The, the, the winter is over. Remember, I, if you were here, declared the, this harsh win, this winter is over. And it was a frigid, cold, snowy day on the day that I was doing that. Like, it's hard to, you know, it's, it's that cat cur thing where you're like, celebrate because now, because later you're going to get the victory. And uh, that's very challenging to do. That's that song that, that we're singing. He, he takes all things, he works together everything. What the enemy means for, means for evil, he, he brings it to good. He intends it for good. He does a flip. Actually, you give him time and you stay faithful, he'll flip that thing that was intended to kill you and turn it into a victory and turn it into a a testimony. He does that a lot. If you can just stand still long enough, hang in there long enough, believe, just just wait on the Lord, and he does that. It's his nature. He loves doing that. And uh, we're like, how did the enemy get in here? He's like, don't worry about how he came in. Watch how he goes out. Watch what I do with this, that he'll wish he would have never done that. Understand, the demons rejoiced when Jesus was crucified, and heaven's going, checkmate. Right? When he pushed that to actually crucify the Son of Man, heaven's going, checkmate. Now we've got the power now the power will come to you. Now you will be in Christ and you can all be redeemed and sanctified and overcomers. 
healed, blessed, prosperous. So reading on down, the blossoms are, are, are the blossoms, what do the blossoms uh, refer to? What, what's right behind the blossoms? The blossoms are beautiful, the spring blossoms, we love the blossoms. What's coming? The blossom goes away, yeah, it's the, it's the evidence. What you know, if you're wise, is fruit's coming. It's the, sign, the blossom is actually the sign of fruit. It's the sign of fruit coming. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion. Run with me to the higher place, for now is the time to arise and come away with me. And then he says in verse 14, you are my dove hidden in the split open rock, is the terminology that Brian Simmons used when he translated this. You're in the split open rock. That, is, that, that shows up in Exodus 33, I believe, for the, uh, the uh, when, when God says to Moses, I'll hide you in the cleft of the rock while I pass by you. And so this picture, this amazing picture of being hidden in the cleft, the cleft of the rock is a, is a crack. It's an opening in a rock where you can, if you're in it, you're safe from what's out here, right? And so he, God put Moses in that so that he wouldn't get killed by his glory. Yeah. But he was in a safe place. And what is, who is that rock that we come to know as the rock? Jesus is the rock. So this place of being hidden in the cleft of the rock is this position in Christ. And we are in him. And this is important because we know a lot of stuff up here. We, we, we have the t-shirt. We come to Jesus. We, we repent. We get baptized. We do the things that are all essentials. Those are the beginnings. Those are the first steps. But we can miss, you can have all that and miss the part, the point that you are now in Christ, not outside of Christ on your own still. And I'm afraid there's an epidemic of believers still trying to manufacture this, trying to get better, trying to do it better, trying to figure out how do I get free from this? How, and, and actually the answer to all these things is in Christ. It's being in Christ. And um, so this affection from Song of Solomon to the, to the Shulamite is this affectionate terminology. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes of worship and lovely your voice in prayer. This is intimacy. This is a, a picture of of the Father, of God being intimate with us. He loves intimacy with us. Intimacy with Jesus, intimacy with the Father should be a normal part of our lives. If it's not, make, don't be in condemnation. Make the adjustment. Go, okay, what's going on that I'm not experiencing that because he wants that for you. He wants to be able to touch your face. We do that with a baby, you know, Mackenzie. We have, she's the, you know, in our household, the baby. Sarah and Michael do that. Don't you just love to touch her face and, you know, get in it? Get in their face, like, and then they throw themselves into you, and, you know, isn't that the best feeling? I pick up Mackenzie, boom, she just seems to love to get, just get in here and grabs, grabs my neck, and she's, you know, and that's, it's the best feeling. Or she sits and gazes into my eyes, 
Like, that's therapy. That's like the best feel. That's the father, his feelings towards you. And you're like feeling all ugly, yucky, unshowered, unshaven, unwhatever. Stop it. He adores you. You're like, I've got issues. He looks past that. Because of Christ especially, he wants, he wants, to, he wants to connect with you. You need to learn for yourself the language of intimacy with the Father. He wants this so badly. He wants this, all, this, all these things. Like, and when that gets cut off, especially by turmoil and stuff that comes and stirs us up and gets us distracted, we go sometimes for longer seasons than some of us want to admit where we're not connected. Oh, we're still believing. We're still, you know, we're not committing murder and robbing banks or anything like that, you know. We're not doing the big five or whatever, you know. We're, 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 we're still in. We still show up for church. We still whatever. We still worship. We, but, but the connection, it's, it's been affected. It's been hurt. It's damaged. Like we're not connect, connecting with him. So in the moment of intimacy in this passage, and it's, so con it's convicting in a good way, he speaks right into something, and it's this. In verse 15, he says, you must catch the troubling foxes or the little foxes. Those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. And it is these foxes that hinder love. Don't feel love. Don't, can't feel the love of God, can't connect with It's very important that you do. Change is who you are. When you see a person that is loved and in love, you just look at, you're like, whoa, well, you're glowing, what's up, you know? If one of you, you know, someone that you know, all of a sudden they, you know, you're teenagers, they meet somebody, you're, they're like skipping around, you're like, Hey, what, what happened to the grumpy teenager that was here last yesterday, you know? All of a sudden, you're like, there's a spring in your step. I know something's up, you know? And, and so we can t when, when we're connected with him and we're, we're not disconnected, but we're in fellowship with him in that intimate fellowship where we can gaze into our eye and we gaze back at him. And, and, and it's a practice, not a once-in-a-while thing. It's a practice, experiencing face-to-face, Remember John 1, the living expression is there with God in the beginning. It's with God, yet fully God. And, and they were together in the beginning. They were together face to face, which is the terminology for being in God's presence, being in his presence. Face to pay, face is available to all of us through Jesus, and the Father wants that. It's, I think I touched on that, uh, one of my comfort texts this week. Like, can you say, your love, can you, can you say that? Like, sometimes full-blown believers say, baptized, got all the, you know, all the stuff, and we're struggling to say we're lovely. We're struggling to be intimate with him because we're still feeling all that stuff. For they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? And then, this is grace. We'll do it together. That's always grace. That's always the language of grace. 
The Lord calls us to something, he commands us to something, he exhorts us to something, but then he's there with us in the transit, in the change. Whatever he asks us for, we say, I have grace for it. What does that mean? I, I can. I have ability to do it. I have ability to obey. I have ability to walk. I have ability to draw near because I have a grace. I've fasted several times through my life, quite a few times through my life. I still can never do it unless I have the grace to do it. I'm just not one of those people. Like when I have grace, I've been able to go on some long fasts, very successful. When I think it's a great idea and try it, or somebody else says, hey, let's fast, I, I can't. I'm, I guess I'm not that good. <laughs> I, have to have, I have to grace for these things. It's okay to need grace for the things that are difficult. Don't run from him. Just go, I, yes, but I need your help. It's like, it's good. Again, we're all grandchild-minded. Do you say no to your grandchildren when they ask for that? You know, you're like, oh, no, no, no. Anything up to half of my kingdom, you know? You're like, you know. So we, it's just this, it's just this attitude of, Staying connected in the hard times, in the difficult seasons, in the difficult decisions, and the, you know, some of the most horrific things we have to go through to somehow stay connected. Oh, Jesus, I'm not leaving you. I'm wounded. I'm hurt. I'm, I'm you know, blindsided. I'm, I'm all kinds of things right now. My heart is torn. I'm bleeding. I'm like, that's, you're still good. He's st you're still good. Stay connected. Stay connected. Stay connected right through it. And he will, it's like you don't have to allow that to connect you, to disconnect you. That, that's, that's what you learn as you mature. We get better at this. At first, these tragedies, we just, we, we lose it. We fall off the, you know, rail. We're in a ditch for three weeks. I don't know, you know. Something happens and they can be hard. They, they are hard things. No one can take that away from you. But maturity brings you to a place where you stay stay you don't let go of the hand you don't let go of the gaze stay with me Jesus stay with me Jesus today I hesitate to do this I'll premise it by saying I would encourage you to ask the Lord what are the little foxes that are messing up your relationship with Jesus that are spoiling the vine? Because they come in, nip off the bud, which means there won't be any fruitfulness, which is a tragedy for anybody growing stuff, right? That's bad. That's bad. You don't want that to happen before that, before that uh, bud has, you know, done its job and you, there's fruit there. And And so... Ask him what the things are, because these aren't... Brian Simmons wrote this, uh, a quote out of his book. He is not addressing the lions of rebellion, but the subtle things and areas that seem so minor, yet capable of wounding our love for him. And it's amazing how minor they can be, but they, they mess you up. They mess up the relationship. They mess up the love. And if you're married, you understand this. Little things come in, and pretty soon your heart 
grows cold and distance, and you're not leaving your husband or wife or doing anything radical, just the connection's gone. Any, any relationship, any person you're close to, when something sneaks in and it doesn't get addressed, you'll be, I recommend dealing with it. Because sooner or later, it'll come out. When it does, I'm speaking to men, you'll really be in trouble. All of a sudden, in an argument, in some kind of conversation, out this comes. You're like, you know, you're like, you're trying to hide that offense, that little thing that bugged you. And then sooner or later, it comes out. And when it comes out like that, it's like twice as hard to deal with. Better to... Deal with yourself, and then if there's something to go to the person with, go, go, go early. Go early. Things that hinder love. Little foxes. Here's a list. I, I felt pretty good about the list that I, I found added to whatever. Fear is a little fox harboring, keeping that not dealing with, not getting it in the right place, letting fear abide. See, when I, wow, I mean, most of my life I've not had fear. Then I had grandchildren, I started having fear. I'm like, what the heck is this? I'll gasp for air sometimes because I get attacked with a, well, this is, I don't even like confessing this, but oh my gosh. I'm like, where did this come from? I've never, I'll have horrible things flash through my mind that make me gasp. I'm like, I'm not like that. I don't do that. I I had to find a prayer to deal, like it wasn't a good thing. I knew it wasn't a good thing. I'm trying to like pray through that and I had to, but I had to get a prayer that was a a super prayer. You gotta find something that trumps the, the enemy, like something that cuts every time. And, and the Lord gave me a prayer to pray that was higher than me, higher than my grandfather love, higher than my human love, higher than my whatever, my fear of personal loss. Had to be a, a higher, higher. That's why I prayed for Aiden, like destiny. When you pray for a person's destiny, you've tapped directly into God's intentions. Man, those, those prayers are good. You're, you know, it's very settled. Oh, I know, I know this is a good prayer. I know this is, because it's right out of God's heart. This is what he meant in the first place. Find prayers to pray. Worry. It's a fox. You're not walking around like, I've committed adultery. I'm like guilty. Like, you know, it's not. These are, these are things that lay there, and you don't think they're a problem, but they are a problem They'll start to dampen your love, your relationship with the Lord. Doubt. Anxiety. Stress. Well, of course I'd be stressed. Stress is like it's part of our culture, isn't it? (laughs) Shouldn't be. Why do we buy into that? Tell you how to identify. Pay attention to your self-talk. I know. I admit that I talk to myself. Some of you don't, but I know you do. What do you say when no one's, what, as you're walking around doing something, doing housework, working, driving, you know, what, what's that language? That will be, that will be this stuff. The, in that, if there are negative things in it, this, these are the little foxes. Go, up, oh, fox. Like, just start paying attention. Like, oh, my gosh. I just said that like it was the truth. See, you start agreeing with these things, 
this is the problem. They're, they're coming right out of hell. And there's a steady feed of them, and they sound like you. And they keep coming, and you may have a whole pocket full of them. So you have to start identifying them and go, whoa, I don't, where did that come from? Like, I don't, I'm feeling that, but that's, does that have to be how I live and what I'm doing? Insecurity. Oh, that, whew, that's, that's killer. And we want to blame everybody else for our insecurity. Jesus is the only one that can really fix that. Go, go to him. He ha- This intimacy, he wants to be intimate with you. In that place, all this stuff. Just get, get there with him. Wait on the Lord. I'm telling you, you'll get answers. You'll get free. Resentment, comparison. Oh, oh, oh. How many of us have been devastated in our hearts over just watching thing, innocent things that other people do or can do, and you walk away totally bummed because they did it better than you did or could. That, or I wish, you know, I should be able to do it like that. You, you might as well just hang up your, you know, your stuff. You're in trouble because there will always be somebody that can do it better than you. Always. And look at these very these celebrities and these popular people. They have this issue. See, they can never be pretty enough. They can never be accomplished enough. They can never be successful enough. If you got this thing, it never goes away. It, it's, it's always there. It'll eat your lunch. Discontentment, pride, envy, jealousy, strife, gossip, have you ever felt the quenching like you talked about something you shouldn't have and you walk away and you go, why did I do that? It wasn't even, you go, but it was the truth. That's not, that doesn't count. If it was something the Spirit didn't want you to say, it doesn't matter for the absolute truth, swear to God, that's not what gets you off the hook. If the Spirit didn't want you to it's like, I got to fix that now. You know, like the messes we make. You ever think about that? Like the trail of mess you make. I I think my trail's getting cleaned up a little bit. I'm getting wide. Like, wow, I left a real trail when I was younger. It was nasty, bad. And and so just these are these little things. You know, it's amazing how how edified you feel if you go, you, you know something, you're like, nope. Don't think this needs spoken right now. And I'm pretty sure it probably doesn't. It's a tough one. It's not easy. So I don't want to minimize it. It's very difficult. It takes a lot of discipline to stop saying things about people that you shouldn't. It, yeah, we're, we're living in this incredible uh, culture and situation where this is running rampant. And I'm even watching people that are like-minded, then they start on each other. The scripture warns about this. Be careful lest you devour one another. You get into that thing of pointing out everybody's faults, and pretty soon it will it'll blow up your church. I'm telling you, not more. Yeah, many churches have been blown apart just by this thing. Discouragement. It's like, well, of course I'd be discouraged. Listen to yourself, really? 
You think you're justified? When you're discouraged, you always feel you're justified, right? Like, yeah, I just, you know, I just lost my job. I just lost this. I just lost that. It's out the window. Something's happened. It's like, what's wrong with you? I'm discouraged. Okay? Where do we go with that? It's okay to confess it if you want to move beyond it. But if you want to own it and get a T-shirt made out of it, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. It, it won't help you. Bitterness, depression, loneliness. Oh, boy. I mean, if you're lonely, it's definitely everybody else's fault, right? <laughs> Nobody wants to be with me. No one wants to talk to me. No one wants to invite me here, da-da-da. There, there's a cold, hard truth in that. And first of all, if you'll just give yourself to being a friend, you won't be lonely. Not long at all. Or to give. Just move out of that, but don't own it. It will, it will quench the love relationship you have with Jesus. That's what it does. And offense. Oh, we could do a whole teaching on that. How devastating, right? And it's not if you get offended, it's when you get offended. It can come from the strangest places. And I mean, you got to learn karate or something like, you got to deal with this thing. Chop it off. You know, get aggressive. Like, like no, I refuse to wear it. You know, it's kind of like you open up the drawer of your, your closet and there's, there's the shirt, offended. And you're like, yeah, I'm feeling that today. I'm going to put it on. Like, Throw it out of the closet and give it to Salvation Army or something. I do. No, burn it. Get rid of it. You don't want anybody wearing that thing. It happens. It happens anywhere. If you're close to people, it happens. That's guaranteed. That's why it happens mostly in families, mostly in churches, mostly here. Why? Because we're so close and intimate. And then when something comes, it hurts really bad. And so these are the things, these are, this is, a, this is just kind of a coverall of, of little foxes. And, and I, would, I would encourage you, ask the Lord, what's hindering my love? If you, can, if you can say, man, I'm not flowing with the Lord. I'm not hearing, I'm not whatever. Then ask some good questions and wait on the Lord. Lord, what's, what's going on? What's, what's hindering this? What have I allowed in? There'll be something. It's, again, it's, if, you, if you want answers, you want truth, you go, show me. I, I, I don't want to not realize this. I don't want to not know this. And they can be difficult things. Turn with me to Psalms 139. Verses 23 and 24. God, Psalms 139, 23 and 24. God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Search me, know me. Yeah? It's a great prayer. You don't have to have any fear. Just sit back. Search me and know me. Commit your way to the Lord. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. 
Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. How many times have we prayed that? Phyllis, like individually, I, I know, we both have a lot. Like we come to this, we like, Lord, search me, know me. Like show me my, I'm, I'm not, I can't afford to be afraid for you to meet, for you to show me truth. Because when, when Jesus shows you truth, there's grace in the light. Never, never be afraid to ask these things. If it hurts, it's only for a moment. I don't mind a little pain if it's delivering me from the splinter that's infected. I don't mind some difficulty if it's setting me free from something that's worse than the momentary pain. And, and we've heard, Phyllis and I, we've run across people that they're like, can't pray that. It's like, Wow, that means you, you're not able to trust the Lord in that. And, th and that's okay for now, but at some point, that's not a good way to live. I, I'm not afraid to commit my life into the hands of a faithful God. Like David said that, like, I'd rather, Lord, you choose how to punish me and how to deal with me. Like, I'd, I'd rather turn myself over to you than, than something that seems lesser. And, and it's not a horrible thing. This is the road to freedom. This is the road to intimacy. This is the road to being. Have you, have you seen people that are really free in Jesus, like they're really flowing? Uh, and they really know who they are? Those are beautiful people. That's who we're supposed to be. Whether you are or whether you aren't, that is what is ours. And I'll close with this one last scripture because I, I don't want to go on very long today. Um, Ephesians, many, many of you know this prayer in chapter 1, verse 17, 18, 19. It's the apostolic prayer. Powerful stuff. But when you do, when you read this and you hear this, don't listen with ears like you've got to fix yourself or God to come there. But I'm going to point out some very key words. I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. And I had been studying, like, I love um, Isaiah 11. The spirit of the Lord is on me and it begins to describe spirit of might, counsel, wisdom, might, da, 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 you know, and ends with the fear of the Lord. Powerful passage. I've made that my meditation often. And that same thing, so you go, that's Jesus, but that's supposed to be us too, because why? We're hidden, we're in the split rock, we're in Christ. So what was on him is to be on us. That's where I think we lose this game. We separate who Jesus was, what Jesus could do, da-da-da. We're like, yeah, that was Jesus. And actually, we're to have this stuff. And you start looking and reading, and chapter after chapter in Ephesians, I was going through all the, maybe I will next week, uh, go through this, these passages that are so inviting, but they're so identifying that he imparts to us and we receive that spirit of revelation, that spirit of wisdom, that spirit of might, power, all of those things are even in these three, these three verses.
It, it replicates that to make it very clear to us. That's the apostolic prayer. I pray this to happen to you, the spirit of revelation to be on you. Jesus, he had this discernment on him. That's to be on us. What he had is to, we're to have. I mean, this is the answer to the world crisis right now, that believers would be powerful, that believers would be fully Christian, that we would have that, that the little foxes have been cast out and that we're full on, that we're able to hear. And I hope you're not making excuses in your mind. That's the beginning of the end. Just say, yeah, Lord, yes, okay. Because I don't like this chaos, and I don't like this stress, and it's not mine, and I don't have the T-shirt, and I don't want it. I, I, I want the one that says, spirit of revelation, spirit of wisdom. I mean, again, I, I probably will go here, like looking at all those things that were on Jesus. It's all the stuff we need for life. From being master craftsmen and leadership skills, it's all in that. It's in that the Spirit of the Lord is on. That is, and that is what is intended for us. The baptism of the Spirit and the fullness of it flowing in it. So with all of our hearts, let's pursue and seek those things. Let's pray today. Let me read this one last thing about foxes. I forgot. I wrote this out. Found it in an article. Like real foxes, they are quiet cunning, nocturnal, in a sense that they keep you up at night, show up behind closed doors, but hide and sleep during the day around other folks. <laughs> they major in camouflage. They know how to blend in with the environment, looking like one thing, but are actually another. Just like real foxes, they steady, they, they steal food, bury it, Cover it with grass and mark it with urine. That's what they do when they steal from you. That's disgusting. Is that where you want your gifts? Is that where you want your stuff? Is that where you want your blessings? Is that where you want your fruit? The little foxes come in. There's these, this list of things and whatever else the Lord would show you, they're stealing from you. They're stealing from you. And it is totally for your benefit. Get free from them. Separate yourself. Stop the little foxes. They're cute. They're cuddly. You know, they're all those things. They're robbing you blind. They're in the hen house. You can't afford to have them around. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask that we all be able to pray this prayer. That you'll search us, that you'll know us, and that you'll find anything in us that is hindering love, hindering our love for you, hindering our relationship with you. I just pray for a release of your spirit to flow. I ask for you to identify and show things so that we can hold them up before you and release them in Jesus' name so that we can identify them and say, I don't want that anymore. I want to walk by your spirit. And this is about walking by your spirit. It's not even about studying a list. It's about, it's about following the Spirit, truly following, and not looking back. 
and being quick to respond and obey. Lord, move us, give us grace to be quick to say yes to you in every area. In Jesus' name, amen.